Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from City Field. That's right. Joey, <laughs> no chill, Fredo. From home of the still NL East leading New York Mets. How's it going, Andy? It's good. Going with a little virtual background today. Yeah, you know, I've heard a lot. I've, I'm playing with some different ideas. And heard, I've, I heard some criticisms of my background, and I'm trying it out also huge huge series win against the big bad braves who are coming for us they're uh they're coming they're like omar and the wire they're a coming they and then they found us in their own stadium in atlanta without two of our all-stars one out with injury one out for paternity leave also jacob de pitching in the minors still on a rehab assignment and the big Bad Braves lost the series at home to us. They're coming. Well, it is one series in 162 game. Season. Hey, listen, I know. I'm I'm just wondering how. Like, the, the, it's amazing because this is something. And I, I posted a video about this yesterday, Andy. I don't know if you saw my Twitter video. I posted it and I got no replies. I think maybe because I scared them in basically mocking people for replying. So then I got no replies, but it's like, you know me. I mean, I'm tweeting about the Mets all the time. I tweet about the giants every Sunday. I tweet about sports in general as a dirty sports podcast host. I mean, I tweet about NBA games that none of my teams are in NFL games that none of my teams are in national baseball games, nationally televised baseball games. Never. And I mean, never. Have I gotten so many replies to tweets from a team mentioned in my tweet from people that don't follow me from tweets that did not go viral? Like, you know, I tweet about the Pats. Maddie Goldberg's always in there. You're a hater, you know, or, or Trink Data or, you know, all the all the insecure Pats fans. Every time you mention Pats cheat you know they're insecure about their cheating that makes sense and a lot of times those tweets go viral you know so there's that tweets that got liked by eight people have atlanta braves fans in there who don't follow me just arguing with me i'm like why are braves fans so insecure i feel like it's because the steve cohen era is upon us and the braves fans know that that world series last year was a last hurrah for them forever, probably. But like, you just won the World Series. Why are you guys so, why are you guys, you just won the World Series. You're spending your day on Twitter searching Braves and replying to people. It's a weird fan base you got there. What percentage? Have you ever done that? Have you ever like, I mean, you're not a super fan of really, I mean, you're obviously the Reds. I, I've never done it with any team to answer your question. I've never I, like, put in a team. I've never in. just put in yeah. Mets into Twitter and then been like, seen somebody say something critical of Mets and be like, I'm going to reply to this guy. 
Well, like what percentage are actual people, man? I mean, they're people. Like. You think oh, they're, that- they're, they're troll accounts or they're like whatever, but it's like it's people who made an account to reply. To people about the Braves, you guys just won the World Series. What are you so what are you so fucking insecure about? I'm looking. The reason and they're bring- starting to become one of my least favorite family. Like I didn't really have. I mean, the tomahawk chop is obviously, you know, ridiculous and racist, and you know, Atlanta as a whole. Like, but like, I didn't really have any specific beefs other than like with the Braves. It's even now. I'm like, oh wait, I think I hate Braves fans. Yeah, but I'm looking right now. So, like, here's a guy who responded. He's following eleven people. I mean, again, it's it's not a person. He is tweeted 23 times. Probably all in response to people talking about the Braves. I mean, I don't know. Twitter's weird. I I, I actually don't trust. I know I'm gonna I know I'm gonna sound like Elon Musk here. Like I I like I don't I don't know what percentage are bots, man. I just or you think you think Twitter or whoever is setting up like a Braves? Bot? No, no. This is this is this is a little different. But I'm just bringing this in. Like I don't trust. I mean, you you can spot the the, the political bot pretty easily. I think. Yeah. Um. It's weird. It's a weird move to search your team for sure. I mean, it, it happened. I mean, it happened under every tweet at least once. It happened under every tweet. Random stranger. But you like going at it. I I don't mind going at it. You know me. I'm just sitting there watching a ball game. I'll fucking have a tweet back. But also, I'm just like, who are you? I don't. Hey, Mister. I don't even know you. Like, who are you? You're, you're pretty. You're pretty confident, though. I mean. Like, like you're like saying right now, the end of the Braves era. That's pretty confident. They did just win well, a World here, Series. Yeah, they did just win a World Series. They won a World Series. They there was a, there was a very small window there where Steve Cohen was like decorating his office. Year one. <laughs> but like, look around. Look around sports. Like, how's the NL West done since the since McCourt sold the Dodgers? I mean, the Dodgers have won every fucking year. Gone. I mean, even the years they don't win the division, like they beat the they beat the San Francisco Giants last year after they don't win the division. Like when you have like that's listen, I am not necessarily a fan of the way baseball is run in terms of finances. I've been talking about a salary cap and a salary floor for longer than probably anybody. I've been arguing about this since the fucking 90s. So it wasn't always on a podcast, you know, it was in the fucking middle school lounge at the Brunswick school in Greenwich, Connecticut, like a young Joe. Pran- we need a fucking salary cap. But but it is what it is. This is this is the reality of baseball. I mean, I'm, I'm arguing with Braves fans who are like, well, what, what about when we sign Jacob deGrom? This is your big plan. Your big your big plan for relevancy and, and at least going forward is stealing our best player. Good luck with that. You didn't even keep your best player from last year. Well, like, so, bye forever. Is that why you have the city 
field background today. I mean, I'm going to city field background just in celebration of the two of three from the Braves at Truist Park with McNeil out, with Marte out, with the Grom not back yet. I mean, Max Freed, more like Max Fried. Nice outing. Well, your your uh, your city counterparts have been struggling with the Reds, ironically too. Yeah, and and some injuries hitting them now. Yeah, man. I I don't know. It's it's uh, it's crazy. It's one of those years that I feel like it just has flown by. Like we're more than halfway down the season. The All Star Game is next week. All the All Star Game stuff is next week. I know if you're in LA, if anybody wants to take me to the all-star game, I'm available. Oh, it's in LA this year. I didn't even know that. Yeah. If anybody wants to go to the all-star game, has an extra ticket, I will go with you. I will buy your Miller lights. They don't have Miller lights at Dodger stadium, but I will smuggle in Miller lights. Cause obviously that's what we'd be drinking. I've never been to an all-star game. Me either. We've only been, I've been to the home run derby with you in San Diego. And I remember the pictures. I was wearing this very shirt. Yeah, I Maybe remember very hat. I remember all the cocks with their baseball gloves. Yeah, that's like the official cock sign. Like, oh, you brought a ball into the game and you're a grown ass man. Yeah, cock. Yeah. I call everyone a cock now, by the way. And I've noticed all like everybody does it. My buddies, my girlfriend. Like, Look at this cock. Look at this cock. Like now cock is just dork. Yeah, it's a new chatter dick. It's a new chatter dick. It's a new door. So there's a new title. That's the title of the episode. Cucks the new chatter dick. I saw someone posted something on Reddit and then the, repoop, the post was removed. It's just titled Andy. It was pretty funny. It was about how a saying is ruined. There was like four or five steps. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember. I, I didn't see it, but, but I've seen that meme before. It was like, hate something. Say it ironically. Embrace it, overuse it, kill it. Like basically, it, it, the post just said Andy. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's me. It's lit. <laughs> I still, I still say that. I do. I still say that. Well, we got some some good stuff to go over today. Some some news. I feel. First of all, is not being talked about enough in the mainstream media. I was texting you yesterday nonstop about this because i find it wildly entertaining fascinating it's like a netflix mini series the current thing going on with daniel snyder avoiding congress no one's talking about yeah daniel it, snyder is a is is one of those like illegal casino boats right now he's like if i stay in international waters we can gamble all day so Dan Snyder is trying to avoid a subpoena. Right. Now, Which now he's, gonna... already, he's already avoided the, you know, there was the hearing. He was supposed to be there. He, he essentially ignored his subpoena. And because the subpoena hasn't been delivered to him, essentially. Correct. Now, now we're going to get into some legal stuff. And let's hope I explain this correctly. Somebody maybe will call it and correct me. But from what I've read, it's kind of like when you're served. Yeah. The same thing. Yeah, exactly. So so how it works for the subpoena is he has to be served either him or his lawyer. Or his lawyer has to agree. His lawyer can accept it. 
So he's been hiding out in international waters. This is not a joke. You guys can look this up. It's pretty wild for weeks now. He's been on his yacht. He's been on his yacht. And he has, let me just pull this up. So in recent weeks, Snyder's yacht has been in Cannes. And then it moved through the French Riviera. Tough life. I know this is, this is like classic billionaire life. Yeah. Then it went to the Northern tip of Corsica, a French Island lush with, I like how it says all this lush with natural beauty in the Mediterranean. I love that you went Corsica. <laughs> Corsica? How's it pronounced? Cor- Corsica. Corsica. Okay. <laughs> Corsica. So I guess this can all be Corsica, bra. This can all be tracked, which is also something I discovered at vesselfinder.com, a website that tracks ship movements. It's gone to Sardinia, Italian Island. And uh, so Snyder is just avoid, dude. I'm not making like this is again, nobody's telling. And then there's, and then there's layers to this. He has said he will come voluntarily without subpoena. To because if he if he yeah. comes voluntarily, he can plead the fifth on questions. Correct. Whereas if he comes under a subpoena, he can't. So he's like, I'll show up. I'll show up right now. And they're like, we want to subpoena you. And he's like, nah, I ain't touching that thing. Yeah. I mean, this is like some godfather mafia shit. Yeah. So he's saying he'll do a virtual. I don't know if it's called meeting, deposition, whatever it yeah. is. On July 28th, his lawyers have said that he will testify on Zoom July 28th. But like Joe just said, to repeat that, if he voluntarily does it, he can plead the fifth on any question. But under a subpoena, he has to answer questions. This is hilarious because you made the point to me over text. He's just going to be served papers the minute he comes back to the United States. Right. Unless he is living on a yacht for the rest of his life, unless he's going full wolf, wolf of wall street. And he's just like, I'm on a yacht until otherwise fucking, but he, but we know he's going to come back for football season. I mean, this isn't thing. So yeah, he's going to be served. He's just essentially trying to get them to accept him to do it earlier in the way, in the manner that he wants to do it. Otherwise the second he steps off, yeah, he's going to get hit with a subpoena and then he'll probably just going to go lie, you know? But the question is, like, what are we mi- like some some epically bad shit must have gone down. Exactly. That's that's what's so like, crazy to me. Like he's hiding. He's hiding on his yacht, which, like you said, rough life. He's he's traveling the Mediterranean Sea on a yacht. To like avoid. What, what would be like? What do you think the. Like, like conspiracy theory at the great, like what would be like the most amazing thing we could possibly hear? He was there when OJ killed those people. Like he, he like he, he killed. Well, I joked, that, like what what's I, what's going on here? I joked about it, but like I don't think it's a joke anymore. Like maybe the seriously, maybe the NFL owners have their own Epstein Island. Yeah, where they bring young girls and rape them, assault. I mean, yeah. I'm not even saying this is a joke. Like Lavar Arrington was an alien. They like there's. You know, there's footage of them finding his spaceship. Like what? Like, I ju- I just know this: if he's going to these lengths to avoid talking, 
like you said, there's something crazy. What, what is he avoiding? Or, or bigger question, what is the NFL telling him to do? I said to you on text yesterday, I said, I just feel like it's buying time. The longer he does yeah. this, maybe it gives the NFL and their lawyers and the whole legal team more time to formulate a plan to counter this. But it's hilarious. Again, I just see, I, I can just see Roger Goodell on the phone. He's like, stay on your fucking yacht. Well, I got to come back for games. Do you? You're the fucking owner. Who cares? You got satellite. Watch him on the fucking yacht. You live on the fucking yacht now. He's like, but, but that's it, bro. You live on a fucking yacht. Have fun in Corsica. Well, who's going to run? The, who gives a shit? Not you. You'll just collect the ticket money. And you collect the other ticket money that you're not telling the league about. You snake fuck. There's not that many instances if you look at the history. That's what I found so interesting in the article. There, there's very few examples of people avoiding a subpoena by being abroad. And it's, it's a very small sample. My point is, like, he's doing some shit people have not really done before. Yeah, I mean, because who has the money for it? Well, you're right. I just want to know if, if, if on the uh, vessel finder, if we can find the boat that's carrying all of Jerry Jones's illegitimate children from Island Island, is there a possibility that Jerry Jones has numerous young girls who are illegitimate children and they are populating Goodell Island and they are servicing all the owners? Ooh, that's a good conspiracy. Yeah. There's something wild. You, you'd have to think there's something kind of crazy, like not your normal shady, sleazy stuff. I feel like there's the something. The NFL has their own version of Epstein Island, and all the young girls are Jerry Jones' illegitimate children that he wow. has put on a vessel and sent out there. That's a black sports headline, black sports yeah. online headline written all over it. But again, I, we've, we, said this, we said this a few weeks ago. It wouldn't stop people from watching. No. <laughs> We'd all be like, yeah, okay. That's some bad shit they're doing. But seriously, I love my football. Yeah. Like if R. Kelly, hypothetically, if R. Kelly was a star NFL quarterback. He is. His name is Deshaun Watson. And Slubadub <laughs> cannot wait for him to take his first staff in Cleveland. No, he's not that bad. What, but seriously, people wouldn't care. Who's not? He's not as bad as R. Kelly, or R. Kelly's not as bad as John Watson. He's I not, honestly, I honestly don't bad. even know which one you're. He's not as bad as R. Kelly. R. Kelly was like peeing on underage girls. Yeah, I mean, he was like. Did you ever watch the R. Kelly documentary? No. I like I remix to ignition too much. Yeah, it's a good song. I'm not it's trying good. to. I'm not trying to ruin that. It's a great song. But he somewhere, was a, somewhere. Jesus is like, he's innocent. <laughs> You're talking about, no, I'll fight you over it. I like when you say somewhere, Jesus, somebody's like, wait, Jesus, like Jesus Christ. And you're like, no, the other Jesus, the other there's, Jesus, there's two. Yeah, that documentary is pretty wild. Now, granted, it's lifetime. So it's going to be a little salacious because that's lifetime. But yeah, I would say R. Kelly is worse. I also saw funny bring up to Sean Watson. I saw something, who knows, so many of these things pop in and out and a lot of them are probably bullshit that it might only be four or five games. I think I know. It, it's insane. I, I think it's gone on this long 
because the NFL realizes the NFLPA is going to have his back so hard legally. I think it's. I think the fact that it's it's dragged this long, Joe, makes me think less games than I anticipated earlier. Right? Don't you think I, it, it, they would have been hit with that suspension already? I'm still saying the over under is eight and a half, which is still nothing. Yeah, I know. And again, everybody was like, Calvin Ridley's been suspended for a season for fucking putting a fantasy fantasy team together on FanDuel. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. A gold cup. Yeah. You get one of these? Didn't you get one of these? Yeah, for Miller Lite. Yeah. I forget what I did with my gold cup. That is pretty great that Miller Lite sent us gold cups. Like a gold solo cup, essentially. Like a solid gold solo cup. <laughs> Glorious. I saw, and I sent you this as well. Miller Lite's going to be doing a Super Bowl ad this year. Let's go. Hopefully starring yours truly. I think they should just take a dirty sports ad read. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think they should make me the new Bob Euchre. That would be those great Bob Euchre commercials. Ah, so good. You can see them on Twitter and there's some great Miller Lite John Madden ones as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, now's the time to drink Miller Lite. The summer... The cookouts, the back deck, the pool. You know it, Joe. It's you know it's, where I'm you know what I'm doing today, Andy. Four o'clock today. Twilight golf, tw- happy hour golf. I've got my minimal golf bag with my cooler pocket, filling it with ice, filling it with filling it with lights, getting out there, hitting the links with some lights. Can't wait. What a Thursday. Weekend starts early here. It's the freaking weekend about to have me some fun. <laughs> That's right. Cold Miller Lite, golf course. That sounds like your happy place. Yeah. Just like John Lester last week. Mr. Miller Lite. That's right. Well, Dirtballs, next time you're getting ready to enjoy cold ones with your crew, go to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports to find delivery options near you, or you can pick up some Miller light pretty much anywhere. They sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller brewing company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. And shout out to all the dirt balls who send us love on social media with their Miller lights that they've been enjoying this summer. We always enjoy those. So make sure you Tag us and tag at Miller Light when you do that. We always appreciate it. Okay. Some other NFL news that not even really news. We, again, we, we were talking about this as well. The now because he used to be he used to be a favorite of old Andy Ruther social media jokes. Joe Marcus Russell. Yeah. Back in the news. He sat down on a on a podcast, not, not Jamarcus Winston, which we renamed Jameis Winston at one point. Oh, that's right. But Good Jamarcus call. Russell, the original, the original incoherent bust. <laughs> yeah, they do sound alike. I told you they have that like yeah. Bobby Boucher, water boy, deep Southern. Well, accent. and you were and you were saying that, to you know, we, we were trading messages about this. And I was like, listen. Having a, you know, a backwoods kind of like down south, 
you know, accent is one thing. But also, in addition to that, like once you get through that portion of it, Jamarcus Russell is also not saying anything. Yeah. He's like, know. he's his, the words as in, like, even if you know the words he's saying, the order in which he puts them in makes little to no sense. Oh my God. I, I told you, you need, you need a caption for this. Even if you had a caption, though, I believe I'm like, I still am like, what the fuck is his point? Yeah. So he sat down. And I had my coach there, the coach, you know, coach you know, abusing the girls, whatever, hanging out with girls. I, but I have his back. And then he called me and I'm like, what? How you gonna? Well, I got to play the clip. I'm like, what? So he sits down on the podcast, The Pivot, which I didn't really know. But anyway, he sits down. It's a, it's a friend's podcast. <laughs> Pivot. He talks about, I don't even get that friend's reference for the record. <laughs> I never really watched that show. Oh, Ruther. I was never into it. I just wasn't. Anyway, that by the way, that's turned into a new thing on this show is you just say things that I don't get. I'm just like, cool. <laughs> and I just openly am like, yeah, I don't get that. So the story surfaced a few years ago, which I know we talked about that a coach brings in a blank tape and he gives it to Jamarcus Russell to watch for game film. And they come back the next day or a couple of days later. And he says, how is the tape? And Jamarcus acts like he watched the tape. Yeah. And it was a blank tape or it was like a movie. It was so it yeah. wasn't game film. I, I know right. that much. Right. So this is him addressing the blank tape situation. Again, try to understand if you can decipher what he's saying. Yeah, they did the switcheroo down in Jacksonville. The switcheroo thing, though, that right. Fred brings up. The, Say it again? The, 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 the story game, about giving you He's already DVD. lost. Yeah, now, if you watch it, he's, he's completely He's lost. already like, he's like, what's a switcheroo? Is that one, is that like a post corner? When you go inside, then you go outside? You, you talking about one of them? Like a wheel route? Like a little switcheroo, little loop de loop, little hook and ladder. No, that time they they gave you the fake DVD. Oh, oh, you talking about that fucked up shit? Okay, so that, that wasn't film, and then you coming in and all of those things. Is that a true story, bro? Guess what? That could be one up on me, bro. Check it out. What? My coach, we coming in. <laughs> what did he just say? That could be one up on me, bro. What? <laughs> All right, let's try to get through this. Okay. This is what we doing. We coming in watching film, bro. The other two quarter, we all watching film. This is what we do. So after some foul shit go on, what? a few weeks later, I come in. My shit, the only one on the table. Like, y'all already been mean before I got here or something. Like, where y'all shit at? So every day I come in, my shit just be thrown across the table. So at that point what in time. What shit? And my life what was taken. I think he's talking. <laughs> I think he's talking about the tapes. Like the tapes were on the table. Is that what he means? I've no that's what I'm saying, man. I've no idea his shit. What's his shit? His playbook, his his hoodie, like the tapes, all their shit ain't there. But my shit's everywhere. You're like, what is the shit? What the fuck are you talking about? 
I don't think the other guys in this show. So are you guys not following? What I'm saying is that's yeah. one up on me. Yeah, I don't think they have a clue either. If you if yeah. you see their faces, they're yeah. like, "What is going on here?" We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and pivot to another <laughs> topic. Yeah, play shit. I might not watch it, but when he asked me a question about it, hey, yeah, it was cool. Whatever, let's go get on with it. But he, look, he doesn't he doesn't get. I might not have watched it, but it was cool. Get on with it. What? what? Yeah, yeah. I think he's saying there. He just said, yeah, I watched it. Which, yeah, that's the whole story, dude. We know. But why would you play a fucking game with my life? Why would you fuck me over like that bullshit me? You supposed to be teaching me so we can get better, man. Like, what's up? Like, I never, you know, got that. And LSU wouldn't have done no shit like that. Like, for what? Why would we, why would we even play that? You know? Dude, I love when they go. And the best part about this clip is they'll go to the other guys who host the podcast. They're literally not saying anything, just going like this. Yeah. Just not uh -huh. not uh -huh. nodding their head like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? I think in their head, they're all doing the fucking Zach Galifianakis hangover gif where like they're doing long division in their head. Like, one up on me? <laughs> what the fuck does one up on me mean? Uh, and like I say... If it is, so be it. Had they approached? Wait, it, <laughs> I know now he's now he's doing Shakespeare. <laughs> they came up to me with a DVD, and I was like, "DVD to be or not to be?" <laughs> that is the question, Coach. <laughs> it's a midsummer nice dream up in this bitch. Excuse me. What? What? <laughs> what is happening here? Oh my God, it's too much. All right, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Fred Taylor's about to ask him another question. You prior to that that situation, no, like questioning your, you know, your work ethic, your habits. On, on Thursdays too, man. I used to go in the head coach office, bro. We used to go good tape, bad tape. Like we used to do this. Like it ain't nothing like like system. Like after a certain certain time, everything switched. Right. The head coach went on TV and said I was the worst thing that ever happened to the Oakland Raiders. That was Tom Cable. But right. before that, I didn't never knew this man. You know what they asked me? They told me about him beating on women. I wouldn't have stuck my neck out for this guy. He could have done it. Wait, wait. Did Tom Cable beat women? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. I think I think we all get the gist. That's this this show should be called the CTE. Welcome to the CTE with Fred Taylor, Jamarcus <laughs> Russell. The ghost of Stephen McNair. Wow. Interesting that you bring that up because they said that they said it asked me, me and coach, I thought we was cool. <laughs> we played good cop, bad cop. He put a shining light <laughs> in my face. I shine a light in his face. I'm like, hey, it's a damn question. Do you give <laughs> Beethoven second a thumbs up or a thumbs down? We're playing good tape, bad tape. Can't be Siskel and Ebert, coach. <laughs> you said fucking Beethoven. And at first I was like, the composer? No, you're talking about nah, the man. movie. Come on, man. Movie the movie. The, the fucking big-ass dog, man. <laughs> you seen that movie, A Big-Ass Dog? He fucking he gets a leash wrapped around the table, drags <laughs> Charles Grodin's lunch all down the motherfucking block. You know what I'm talking about? Fucking Beethoven. Oh my god. Dog don't give no fuck, man. It's dog like old school Bo Jackson. It's got a lunch table dragging behind him, running through motherfuckers. 
That clip is. If we had all- a running back like Beethoven, maybe I will last and leave. Is all I would have needed to say. I'm not drafting this guy. Isn't that what I text you? I was like, how yeah. do you even interview the dude? And dra- like and draft him in any round, let alone first overall. Yeah, That's some th- Raider shit. And this isn't like a hey uneducated type. This is just like no, a, no. Yeah, I, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like you but, can talk exactly. Like, like he talks can, like you a, can have a, yeah a deep that, southern draw. That's cultural. 100%. That's where you're from. A hundred percent. That's whatever. Like it's not that far off from Peyton Manning. No, it's really not. It's really not like the whole herder. Yeah, it's exactly. It's like a deep south. Not that fucking far off. But dude, you're you're not making any sense. No. All right, so here, you, you, this is your game. This is your Sugar Bowl game. This is where your corner jumps around. He's like, yeah, you got one up on me. <laughs> and they're like, no, but I'm just asking, like, what you saw there, why you make that throw. I mean, <laughs> fact of the matter is, that's him one up, me one down. They're like, that's not, no, but, like, strategically. Did you, are you watching the tape? He's like, yeah, man. Two thumbs up. They're like, no. Jamarcus, we're just trying to ask you what happened on that play. Man, sometime you buy Beethoven, sometime Beethoven buy you. You know? Uh, okay, we're going to go ahead and draft somebody else here. What's crazy is Al Davis, for some of the younger dirt balls, he was so in love with the deep ball, and he was so in love with the speedy receivers. Like, that was the joke, the MO on the Raiders. For all those years, he was so in love with the Hail Mary that he literally ruined their franchise for years with that pick. Yeah, it's one of the worst draft busts. Maybe, like, would that be the the single worst draft bust ever? Tim Couch, maybe? They both went number one. Yeah. I feel like Tim Couch bounced around, backed up people, whatever. People were like, nah, Jamarcus Russell, he's good. He's good on that. (laughs) one up on us did he play for anybody else besides the raiders i don't think so did he he played in buffalo no wow he's got to be the worst draft ever joe he played three seasons he just that's it that's that's insane i had no clue i had no clue three seasons and like i would love to see it's like what were stat like he didn't start three seasons, right? He played 31 games. He started 25 of them. Yeah. He completed 52% of his so he start. He starts one year. He starts one game his first season. Second he season starts basically, basically the entire yeah. season. And then the, he gets benched after 90 and never gets picked up again. That's crazy to me. He's got to <laughs> be the worst. You're right. He's only 36, man. He's not even that old. It'll be 37 in August. The fact that he, like you said, didn't go become a backup somewhere. Yeah. He, he's got to be the worst, draft, the biggest bust of all time. Yeah. And then, and then he was making comments about that. About like about being the worst bust. Yeah. He, like, like he, like, man, he wants if you're going to be the, the, if you're going to be a bust, you may as well be the biggest. That's, I think that's what he said. <laughs> I have the quote right here. If you're going to call me a bust, then put the biggest on that motherfucker. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I was like doing a bit. 
I was doing I've I've become Jamarcus Russell at this point. I was doing a bit and I have now taken that's amazing. Here I have the clip. That's Do you incredible. Consider yourself the biggest bust in NFL draft history. When you look at it that way, I say I must have been the best to be the biggest, right? I'll say my <laughs> didn't turn off how I wanted it to or not how they expected it to. You know, but if you're gonna call me a bus, like you say, put the biggest on that. But that's don't bother me, man. Like that's that's that shit is not in my world. That bus don't have it don't apply in my it don't apply in none of my family. It don't apply in none that we have going on. So man, they can Okay. Well Well Well, all right then. Alrighty then, Jamarcus Russell. He, he can't be you can't be the biggest draft bust unless you go number one. So, you know, props to me. One <laughs> up on me. I ain't I wasn't two up in that draft. One up in this bitch. He, he I mean, it's actually kind of I watched way too many clips. I'm not we're not we aren't gonna play anymore, but he talks about the purple drink and he talks about <laughs> What was that? Oh, sorry. Somebody came over here. Scared the hell out of me. He talked. Jesus Christ. Dr. Marcus Russell was in your house. Yeah. The calls coming from inside the house. Um, But he talks about that. And uh, he says he's not broke. That's great. So that's that's a good news. That's awesome. So good for Jamarcus. But uh God, that was tough. You brought up CTE. I you know get- a lot of a lot of guys from my time in the league. They buying DVDs. They buying watches. They buying all that. As as we have learned, I do not watch DVDs, so didn't spend any money on that. <laughs> you know, so I'm good, man. I got I still got Beethoven second on VHS from my childhood, so we good. So that shit wore out. Well, on a, on a serious, somber note, you brought up CTE. Demarius Thomas had stage two CTE when he died uh, last year. He was only 33, and he died of a seizure. Yeah. So Football will God, fuck you up. It's crazy, man. It's so sad. I don't want to say Tim Tebow killed Demarius, but. Shots fired. Yeah. You want to talk a little, little golf? Look at all this golf talk we're having Tim, on dirty Tim sports. Tebow, Tim Tebow went with the 90th trimester abortion of Demarius Thomas laying this dude out over the middle. Fucking throwing him ducks. Getting the dude. Oh, too soon. Too soon, Joe. Let's talk some more golf. We talk, we're talk, Let's do we, it. The Open. It's the Open weekend, Andy. Is that what you want to talk about? No, I, I can't get enough of this uh, LIV British, stuff. They, they used to call it the British Open. Now they what, just call it the Open. Why'd they stop doing that? I think they stopped calling it the British Open because... They don't just play in England? Well, yeah, I think... I mean, I still think they play everything in Great Britain, but I believe it's like, why should we have to clarify when we are the, when we are the original Open? We are the birthplace of golf. 
Yeah. It's like you can specify the U.S. Open or the whatever, but. Well, Tiger finally commented in the LIV tour. Yeah, because he's at the Open. He's playing in the Open. And Greg Norman was not allowed. Greg Norman. <laughs> not allowed there. Right. So we uh, finally have some some input from Tiger on this, which I'm going to play. Before we even play it, I'll just say, like, it doesn't it's it's not. Um, we didn't need Tiger's opinion on it. Like, we didn't need to hear. We knew we knew he was going to spin it in some sort of way. But the, the bottom line with Tiger is Tiger has all the money in the world. And Tiger's all the only thing that keeps people from shitting on Tiger all the time for all of the things that he's done off course and all of the failures that he has on course in recent history is what he has been able to accomplish on the PGA tour. So Tiger's entire legacy is tied to his PGA tour records. So he was never going to leave the PGA tour because he doesn't need the money. Sure. And he was never going to leave the PGA tour because even every dollar he earns continues to make him the most earned golfer ever. Every cut he makes is the most cuts ever made. Every, you know, win he potentially gets in his career would be another win. Every major, which he probably won't ever get is, you know, chasing the thing. So his entire legacy is tied to his PGA tour career. So he was never going to leave. Yeah. And probably did like, should have just been like, it's up to everybody to make their own decisions and blah, blah, blah. Not everybody. If he were smart, he would have been like, not everybody's tiger woods. Not everybody has had the benefit of making a trillion dollars playing on the PGA tour. If I needed money, maybe I would do it. But instead, of course, he, you know. Well, let's 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 play. Let's we'll, we'll just break down the clip. It's minute eighteen seconds, and we'll just break down what everything, what all he said about the tour. These players are doing for you know guaranteed money. Um, what, what is the incentive to practice? What is the incentive to go out there and earn it in the dirt? Um, you're just getting paid a lot of money up front and playing a few events and playing 54 holes. They're trying to, you know, playing blaring music and have all these um, atmospheres that are different. I, I just don't see how, you know, I have 54 holes. I- okay, let's stop it there. I, I, I want to address a few things he's saying there. First of all, that's one of the dumbest comments. Like, Tiger, you're too smart to say that. That's like saying, why would any other athlete play when they have guaranteed yeah. money? Right. That's the first hole in your terrible theory. Why would any baseball player go out and pitch? Why would any basketball player want to win a title? Why would any quarterback want to play after he just signs a guaranteed contract to win a Super Bowl? Yeah. So that stupid take of guaranteed money just got ripped up by every single person who knows who said the same thing I just said. Now, listen, there's obviously we've seen through the years guys perform in contract years and don't perform otherwise. But like the idea, not 
not everybody got the Phil Mickelson deal or the Dustin Johnson deal. We're talking about five, six, seven guys, other guys. Yeah. Those guys who got guaranteed money that, you know, were struggling to get by on the PGA tour. Do when the purse is four, like it's a $4 million purse to win a fucking thing. Like if you're going to, if you're going to make the argument, why would you do this if you're getting paid millions of dollars up front? I don't know for more because apparently money is so important to you that you want to make even more of it. That if you win another, it's another 4 million. Like it's like, that's like saying, you know, why is P Diddy still producing albums? Because his last album degree and he wants fucking more. Yeah. More money, more fame. Sure. More problems. Uh, 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 uh. Can't stop. Won't stop. I, I just can't believe that Tiger would say like, you just sounds, you just sound stupid, man. You just do. Yeah. Like, like I'm surprised. Like you're too smart to say that. And then the thing about the blaring and, 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 music. And, and, you know, and honestly, that's the, 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 that's a criticism to that's, that's Tiger Woods essentially criticized. So if, if Buick and Nike and Rolex gave you all that money, why do you play? You're getting more money from your sponsors than you got from any purse ever. Sure. Nike's giving you more. Why don't you just go make Nike commercials? In fact, in fact, Tiger got all that money before he won a damn thing. Remember? Yeah. I mean, he yeah. was the next thing. He was the guy. Nike threw all that money at him before he had won anything. Because Tiger's a competitor and Dustin Johnson's just a whore. It's a, it's a it's just a shit take by Tiger. And then he brings up the loud music. Dude, you sound like a boomer. You sound like a boomer. What you sound like, and then he's gonna I'm gonna play the rest of this, and then he's bitching about the 54 holes. Let's just get through this. You know, I, I can understand 54 holes is almost like a mandate when you get to the senior tour. The guy's a little bit older and a little more banged up. But you know, when you're at a young age and somebody's kids, there really are kids, you know, who have gone from amateur golf in, into that organization. Um, 72 hole tests, you know, are, are part of it. I mean, we used to have 36 hole playoffs for major championships. You know, that's, that's how it used to be. Um, 18 hole U.S. Open playoffs, you know, that's, um, and you don't anymore. I just don't see how that that move is is positive in the in the long term. Yeah, exactly. And you don't anymore. So I I don't see Tiger Woods as the face of golf for the last twenty years, complaining that they now go back to eighteen and do a one hole at a time for a playoff, and demanding that the soul of the game is in eighteen hole playoffs. You are literally admitting in your own statement that golf has adjusted itself from the olden times to the modern times by playing less holes. Yeah, I know. And, and by the way, 72 holes. Yeah. It's great for the golf viewer. Like we can all tune in to the fucking thing on Thursday. I have, I have the open on in the background right now. But do we need it? This is this is the flag that you're planting in the ground. 54 holes is an atrocity. 72 holes is everything. 
These guys are so threatened. They are so threatened. And why should they be? That, that is the psychological question that every golf fan needs to ask. Why do they feel so threatened? You know why? Because their game had a monopoly. Had a 100% monopoly. They can do whatever they want. Full carte blanche, right? Do whatever you want. And the NFL never fears the XFL. I was going to say that. USFL. Major League Baseball never fears independent baseball. The NBA never fears Europe or China because it always gets the best players. Correct. The PGA no longer has all the best players. They have the majority, but they're starting to lose a lot of great players. And they're starting to lose big fucking names. And like I said, in multiple episodes now, by far the biggest personalities. Yeah. By far the, you, you can argue golf with me all day. I don't know fucking anything about golf in terms of the PGA tour. I don't know, you know, I, I, I can't split hairs between fucking, you know, Hovland and fucking whatever. But I can tell you, Without a doubt, the most interesting personalities have left the PGA Tour, with the exception of Tiger Woods. What does this mean? I kind of want to break down this quote from the RNA chief executive, Martin Slumbers, who said, in in reference to the LIV golf, there is no such thing as a free lunch and harming in it, it. It is harming the perception of the sport. Dude, what are you talking about? harming the perception it's funny you said because you know you know what it's doing for guys like me who don't follow golf making it somewhat interesting yeah i'm like what's this liv all about you know what i kind of want to check it out yeah i i might go to an event i might watch it i've already i actually already have watched some of it my point is the, the your old heads dude you're 90s basketball guy you're the guy who's saying oh back in my day bill Lambier. you're that guy with golf Things are changing. And if your sport and your league and your association, whatever it was, if it was that good, guys wouldn't leave. And money does talk. Let's let's not deny that. But But again, Andy, you go back to it. It's like you if you were listen, take anybody, Giannis, you know. Yao Ming back in the day, like who, like you can go make more money playing in China right now. If you want, if you're in the NBA, you could be, if if you were LeBron, if you were LeBron James and you were like, I want to play basketball in China, but you have to double my salary. They would absolutely do it. They would absolutely do it. Steph Marbury was getting like 20 million a year when he was out of the NBA. If LeBron James called China right now and said, I will come, but you have to take my exact salary and double it, they would be like 100% get on the next one. I don't know. Sorry, man. I don't know about that. I'm, I'm looking up Steph Marbury. Said he's yeah. only making a couple million dollars a year. He was okay. He was out of basketball. Yeah. I mean, Jim referred that. Just here's another example. He made 1.6 million in Shanghai in 2020. But my point is, it's not just the money alone. Sure. It's that they're, they, they've managed to take 
all these guys were like, we're doing this because there's problems with the PGA. Yeah. No, you're right. And it's interesting to me, again, why do you feel so threatened? This is, isn't this good? Isn't, isn't competition. It doesn't matter what sport, what business competition is good because it creates better products all around, right? It creates things that are going to be more efficient. And, and, and at the end of the day, I, I don't understand. Well, I mean, we do understand. We know why everyone's so defensive, but I think Tiger should listen to what he's actually saying. It's like, dude, you're not making any sense. Tiger and, doesn't give a fuck. Tiger is trying to. Well, he's a mouthpiece for the PGA for sure. And he's also just trying to justify why he would never consider it instead of saying what I just said, which is everything about Tiger Woods is tied to his PGA records at this point. That's all he has left. Yeah. You're right. I mean, he was never going to leave. No, no, no way. But I mean, look, the idea that guys don't want to compete again just because they're making a lot of money. Sure, money affects all of us. And I think you see plenty of examples of that in all professions. But there's just as many people who, like you said, and you used the did example, who were just like, I'm going to keep grinding. There's the guys who work their nuts off and they're just going to keep doing that because that's what they want to do. And also just imagine, like, just think about, like, think about these guys, dude, I'm, I, I'm my, no joke. My hands are like bleeding from like going to the range. Like I'm, I'm like trying to get good at golf in like the most fucking casual manner ever. Imagine kids who spent their whole lives trying to be great at golf and then be like, I got paid. Goodbye. I don't need to play golf ever again. Yeah. I never got paid to play golf. I never got paid to fucking surf. I never got paid to play baseball. I never got paid to shoot hoops. I do all that shit all the time. Sure. No, for sure. What they don't realize is that they only make, it's like anything. You only make people more interested in this. It's the, uh, what do they call that? The, the Barbara Streisand effect? I don't know. Do you know about that? No. So she, she went crazy about, uh, it's basically how Trump won, I would argue, how he became the president. It's, a, it's the same thing of you get all the haters and, and, and you don't want people to talk about it. And then it only creates more momentum. So she, she didn't want somebody. Well, what was it? I'm, I'm going to actually pull up the, it was, it was about, it was about filming. Yeah. The Barbara Streisand effect is a phenomenon that occurs when an attempt to hide, remove or censor information has the unintended consequence of increasing awareness of that information often sure. via the internet. Yeah. So again, that's why that's that's my point of like, like it's, yeah. to me, to me, that's that, what this is. A hundred percent. The the PGA stance should have always been like, listen, don't talk about it. We have our own golf association. Yeah. We're just trying to make our golf association the most successful golf association that we can possibly make. 
Sure. We have, we think we have the product that should lure the best players here. But if some of the best players don't want to play here, that's up to them. Uh, we, you know, we have a history, we have a good product. And if people want a different product, they should go find it. But I don't really have anything else to say about it. Yeah, no, exactly. But they, they shouldn't comment at all about it. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, if you're asked questions like you don't know, comment it, but you just go, listen, we're, it but, is but you, it could, is. you could, you could, you could, you could. But if, if somebody asks me about another beer, I'm a Miller Lite guy. You, you know, you want to, you want to drink some other beer? That's up to you, man. I can't teach you how to have taste. I'm a Miller Lite guy. I don't have anything to say about any of those other beers. He I'm a Miller Lite guy. Tiger did not have to go into that. And that's just a minute 20 rant. Yeah. There's obviously more. Exactly. You don't have to say, you don't have to comment, man. You don't have to say anything. You're only making this more interesting because underneath that, that's a video on Twitter. Then look at all the comments, right? And then it turns into people debating it. And look at me. I, I am the prime example of this. We have talked about more golf in the last six weeks on Dirty Sports than we have in eight years combined of also, this show. Also, DSPM presents Live and Let Live, the new podcast by Joe Prano and Tug Coker. If I can get Tug Coker to sign on. <laughs> Pending. Pending the approval of Tug Coker, who may yeah. or may not be a PGA guy because he's Lurps Tiger. If they created a league... Backup plan, pizza star. <laughs> <laughs> you got it all figured out. I would totally go to the LIV event with you. Yeah. To hear that loud music, bro. Yeah. Bro, he- I, you know what's funny is what's funny is that is um that is something that's happening in golf. That this was happening pre- uh the live tour even being a thing you see it now so i saw a thing phil somebody posted a shot of phil mickelson playing he's wearing a he's wearing a quarter zip and he's got a t-shirt on underneath (gasps) the horror how dare you not wear a polo shirt respect the game so this is something that has been happening literally and and i know listen i'm i'm what is known as a covid golfer I picked up, I'm a pandemic golfer. I picked up golf during the pandemic. It, it just so happened to coincide with a knee injury that made me not able to play other sports. Somebody handing me golf clubs, but I am, I am a thing that is, this is a thing in golf, the COVID golfer and something that has come along with the new golfers COVID and otherwise um, is people wearing fucking t-shirts on the course, people wearing hoodies on the course. It's like, I'm playing at fucking, you know, LA municipal golf courses. You're going to make me dress like I'm your butler. Like, dude, I'm wearing a fucking t-shirt. My bag shout out to the good folks at minimal golf has a fucking speaker on it. And I play music all the time. And I played golf the other day. Uh, I went out with a buddy and we got paired with two kids, you know, two 20 year old kids who are college kids. And I was like, Hey guys, do you mind if I play music? And they were like, fuck yeah, dude. And then, of course, you know, we're on the eighth hole, which the tee box is right next to the green of the 11th hole. And fucking Judge Smalls is over there 
Or they're playing music. We got to get these kids off the course. It's like, dude, you paid $13 to play a yeah. Twilight Rand at a municipal golf course. Stop acting like this is fucking Augusta. Sure. But it's like, this is all the things. It's like, there was a time where they were like, you're going to play defense through the loudspeakers while the other team's bringing the ball up. What happened to basketball? Yeah. You're just going to play. You're just going to play Jay-Z. Exactly. It's, it's the, it's the DJ at the NBA arena. It's the Laker girls, which now every NBA team has a, a dance team. Again, those are all innovations by Jerry Buss, as we know from reading Showtime. Your shorts are so damn long. Yeah, you're an old head. You're you're, you're a boomer. T- Tiger Woods, dude, you officially have turned into a boomer. And I'll be honest, that's one more reason for me not to like you. And and I play golf all the time. I play. There's a whole crew of dudes I play golf with, like you know, different shapes and sizes. Guys who've been playing golf their whole life. Guys who've been playing playing golf for two days guys, whatever we straight up mock my friend, John, who like can't hit with music. I'll be like, bro. I was like, dude, you're, you're like, you're, you're like half a psycho and half a dork. Like it's fucking music, dude. What are you talking about? He'll be like, can you shut that awful IT off? And I'll be like, no, you yeah. dork. Make golf more like happy Gilmore. Or just do whatever you want. I don't care. Yeah. Sure. Well, we have tons of dirtball calls today. 310-359-8365. That's the hotline. We're going to start off with one that you and I both prepped for. I'm so excited for this. A completely non-sports call. He threw he threw me for a ringer here. He threw me off a little. Threw me for a ringer. <laughs> What would be the saying? Threw me for a loop? Yeah, threw me for a loop. That's what I meant to say. Ryan Klatt, our hockey correspondent from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan in Canada. I thought he was calling about the NHL draft because the draft happened this week. I thought he was calling about that. It happened in the last week. No. He's calling for this non-sports call. Let's get to it. Hey guys, it's Ryan Clagg calling in. Non-hockey related today, non-sports related. We're kind of in a sports lull right now, so thought we could do something off the map here. If you guys could form a super band using whoever you wanted as a singer, guitarist, bass player, and drummer, who would be in your band? The only rule I'm going to make is that you can only use a maximum of one member from a band. So if you can't use Ringo Starr and George Harrison, it would have to be one or the other. For me, on drums, I would have John Bonham from Led Zeppelin, arguably the greatest rock drummer ever. On bass, his music is fucking weird, but he can slap. Les Claypool from Primus. On guitar, I'm going with my personal favorite guitarist, John Frusciante from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I just love his playing. And on vocals, this was tough for me because I'd love to have Robert Plant. I've already got John Bonham as my Zeppelin member. So I'm going to go with Chris Cornell. Not that I'm a big Soundgarden fan, but man, what a fucking voice Chris Cornell had. Gone way too soon. Okay, that's my band. I'd love to hear yours. Stay dirty. 
it's a great call and and, and that's a it's a great four four member band i mean it's you know you're choosing some of the best if you look at like i did some research and i was curious of course rolling stones put out their top 100 for all these all these and i yeah. think everybody he mentions maybe not the guy from primus I, I think they were all in the top 10 so it's tough but i like how you can't choose because i think Dude, rolling, this was i i, I think I, rolling stone i think they had i think they had uh robert plant as number one lead singer Right, because then you can't, then you can't use Jimmy Page, who's a, who's a right. top ten guitarist of all time. Yeah. So for me, I went through it, and I thought about this as a band. I thought about this as like, not not are they going to all get along or whatever, but like, musically, does it work? Remarkably, like. I picked people that are like not my like I picked people that are not my top like okay this is my who I think is the greatest guitarist of all time. Yeah. But I put together what I thought is a pretty kick-ass band. Now before you go, can I yeah. ask this? Yeah. Does it, ha it has to be somebody from a band, right? Like you couldn't use Jimi Hendrix. So that more, was the thing like cuz he's more yeah. solo. So uh, the two the two th I, I guess I mean, Clapton was in a band at one point, but like, and by the way, I didn't pick Clapton, but Hendrix and Prince, two people that were in the consideration for a guitarist alone. Yeah, I had, I had Jimi Hendrix in consideration for guitarist. Yeah. But, but then I realized based off his call, you know, you don't, obviously Jimi Hendrix played with other people, but I can't name those people. All right. I'm, you're, I'm going to let you go first. No, I want you to go first. No, I want you to go first. Okay. I'll go first if you want me to. Now, now here, here's the deal. When we, st when we start with drummers. Um, I'm starting with the drummer too. I would say he has John Bonham from Led Zeppelin, who I think most people say is the best drummer of all time. It may be not want to choose him just because I feel like he's arguably the best drummer and Ryan chose him. Does that make sense? Sure. I'm not the world's biggest Led Zeppelin fan. So you don't have, okay. I don't, I like Led Zeppelin. I like a lot of Led Zeppelin music, but I'm not like a Led Zeppelin freak. Um, no member of Led Zeppelin is in my band. Okay. So drummer, I'm going to go Keith Moon. Okay. From the Who. Died too young. He was a lunatic. I'm a big fan of the Who. I was a big fan. Like that was one of my favorite, like as a young, young kid, like five years old, we have videos of me dancing to the who and singing the who. So I'm going to start there. How about, how about what if we each did, I do my drummer, you do your drummer. We, do you want to do that or no? I think it's better because we get, then we can get the full form of your band. Okay. In, in one, you know, cause I want to, I want to hear the thought process. I want to hear where you even go next. Okay. So, so I'm a big fan of that. And again, I don't know if this is going to work musically. Right. I'm just thinking like, yo, I like them. He was great. People say he was great. So I'm starting there with Keith Moon from The Hill. Bass, I'm going to go Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Now, I don't know where he's argued up there. I love Flea as a performer. I think he's exciting. He's eccentric. I do like a lot of Red Hot Chili Peppers songs for the records too. So like, 
I think you got two kind of wild personalities there to start. And I kind of continue that trend, to be honest. For guitarist, like we already said, you could go, Jimmy Page is, is definitely probably top five. But I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go a little more modern, a group I've always loved. I'm going to go, which again, I'll keep it with like, maybe in the flea genre as far as that type of, of rock band, a newer rock band. I'm going to go Slash from Guns N' Roses. And seeing them live when I saw them with two trays, like, dude, he, he can crush it live. He still can at his age. And, and obviously he is, uh, he, he's great. Now, lead singer, I struggled with this. Cause like you kind of see where I'm at right now. My personality sure, right. Sure. Sure. Like I got three kind of wild card guys, you know, where am I going to go? John Mayer. No. <laughs> I, I see what you're saying though. I, I, yeah. I see where I, I'm going to go. I, I, I actually, there was a moment of consideration for John Mayer at the John Mayer is a fucking incredible guitarist Here, here's what i'm gonna go with i i've he was always one of my favorites i did so many papers on him in school and and i and i don't know if this band fits because you're gonna be like how does he fit in with them i'm gonna go john lennon wow i'm gonna go john lennon you, you know and i don't know how that works how his personality works with these three guys but i'm gonna go john lennon as my lead singer now i'm gonna add something I'm going to give you this option. You don't have to take it if you don't want. And Ryan can call back and give this option as well. What if I said you get a bonus member of your band? Somebody to sing harmony, somebody to play rhythm guitar. You could have a guy on the piano because I added a bonus spot straight up. I added a bonus spot. And I was saying a lot of good bands have piano players. A lot of bands have keyboardists. A lot of bands have a rhythm guitar player who sings. Whatever. You don't have to take that option if you don't. Yeah, want. I'll think about it. Okay. And Ryan, you can think about it and call him back too. But it's like a six man, essentially, but a fifth man. It's a fifth man. It's a fifth but, man. But like a six man. I gotcha. All right. Here we go. This was a lot. For, by the way, this is the kind of shit Ryan gives me. It and he's like, oh, guys, you should sit around and do this. I'm like, okay, I'll just spend three and a half hours. Like, I figured plugging, plugging in pieces and taking other pieces out. I knew you had it way too hard as a band thinking about it in terms of styles and what I want together. Okay. Again, I want to say right up front. I don't like your everybody's opinion on each one of these guys, like status in terms of like greatest of all time means nothing to me. For a drummer, and this was tough. I went through a lot of different fucking options. I even considered your boy, Dave Grohl from Nirvana, just because I, he's gone on to do so much. I considered him too, for the record. Cause he's gone on to do so much. He's yes. not the world's most talented drummer, but it was like, I, I kind of love the idea of having a fucking big personality back there who went on to fucking lead a band. I considered, uh, I considered fucking, um, God, why am I blanking on his name now? I mean, he was, he was honestly my first choice from the band, but I settled on, uh, from you to Larry Mullen Jr. Okay. And the, and the reason I settled on that before drummer heads out there, 
get lose their mind like he is crap. I actually was like when all is said and done, that's precisely what I want in my drummer is what he provides for you too. like no frills, human metronome, fucking quality drummer kicks ass, but he's not drum soloing. It's not the big show. The drummer is not going to be Levon Helm, by the way, from the band. So I can't believe I blanked on that before. Uh, but he didn't really fit musically after I put the rest of the band together. I want a guy who's going to kill it back there, but kind of do it quietly, ironically, from the drummer spot. I don't need these fucking huge drum fills and whatever. Like the rest of my band is sick. Give me a fucking guy in a tight T-shirt keeping fucking time. Bassist. We share, dude. Flea. I went oh. flea. I went flea. I, I'm the same as you. He's not, he is not, no one argues he's the world's best uh, bassist, but it's all about that soul. It's all about him getting in that fucking vibe. Like he has a great, if you haven't read Flea's Acid for the Children, uh, it's an incredible book. And he talks about like how he gets, when he gets into that mode and just like loses himself in the baseline. So I was with Flea. Now, Flea almost didn't make it because at guitar, I heavily considered John Frusciante from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, but and guitarist was by far the most difficult one for me. Yeah. I considered Frusciante. I considered Keith Richards. I considered George Harrison. I considered Slash. I considered Hendrix despite and Prince despite whether or not we were know if we could keep them from the band. And I considered Eric Clapton was also sick. And for a half a second was like, John Mayer is a pretty good guitar player, but I did not settle on any of them. Ooh, this is going to be. And I considered Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead, but I, I went with Larry Mullen drum roll, please. Jack white. Ooh. I just fucking love Jack White. I like I it. I think at lead guitar, he brings so much musical fucking. He's just such a dynamic musician that I almost feel like he it, it would almost be a Russell Hammond from uh, almost famous situation where Jack White is almost the leader of our band while not being the lead singer. And I just think he fucking rips and I love his style. It's so grimy and so good. And it's tough to give him a nod over Keith Richards, who also just an innovator. But I was like, for the band I'm making, I'm going Jack White. The singer, once I got to this point, really wasn't that hard for me. And I think it's, again, going to shock people. I'm going with Axel. Oh. So I've got Axel Rose, Jack White, Flea, and Larry Mullen Jr. Wildly different personalities. I have no idea who's in charge of this band. I know it's probably Jack White. Like, I think the, the Jack White, Axel Rose battle for this band is just going to cause so much like great creative energy and argue. Like, they're probably going to fist fight each other all the time but music's going to come out of it. And Flea's just going to be like, I'm going to be over here chilling. And Larry Mullen Jr. is like, just call me when you need a drummer. So that's great. And then I talked about how I considered uh, Johnny Greenwood at guitarist. And I, and that was when I decided 
that I need Johnny Greenwood as my bonus member of the band. He can fuck with the keyboard. He can fuck with his guitar. He can play guitar parts and he can also just do all kinds of our fucking looping and electric shit and whatever. And together, those five guys, I think, are a sick band. And they're like it. And they're all alive. Well, here's what's interesting is like we were almost had a very similar mindset because my thing was like, okay, if I choose Axel and I can't choose Slash. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys are all all alive. Got to auto tune John Lennon. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good call though. Thanks for the call, Ryan. That, that's Imagine a- flea on bass. <laughs> uh, all right. What, what do we want to go to in the calls? Remember, uh, remember Joey from Minnesota? Yes. He called and uh, he left a couple calls. Apparently, he enjoys the angry Andy Ruther. Again, and I feel misses like, him, and he misses him. I feel like he's in the minority. Like, like this dude's kind of Joey. I feel like you're kind of the minority on some things. Let's let's see what he has to say. I'm gonna have a little surprise for Joey too. What's up, guys? It's Joey from Minnesota. I just heard the first five seconds of the 2017 Game of Thrones Reaper clip, and by the way, this is from like three weeks ago. So yeah, I'm gonna give an unpopular opinion here. I miss Angry Luther. Now, Andy, I want you to understand two things. I I am broke as shit. The other thing is that cocaine is expensive as fuck. I love this show so much and I miss Angry I miss Angry Andy so much. I would be willing to spend my last two hundred dollars on on whatever will get us some blow these days. It's been a while since I copied eight ball. But holy fuck, Wait, hashtag what? bring back angry Andy. He's trying TV, to offer you cocaine. AA. Wow, what a great era in dirty sports. Shout out to Andy for being happy now. Stay dirty, boys. Peace. Well, well look, and then he left a second call, and I think I'm not going to play that. Basically about I was, I was being facetious. I think he took it seriously. Remember when we played that clip, and I said, I'm so ashamed of myself. And he's yeah. like, you're ashamed. I was totally being sarcastic right but it's funny that you left that call because my brother sent me he did some secret audio yes he sent me lots of cocaine he sent me some secret audio recordings of our drive back from california when i moved back of just like the rage oh you do you have you have bad road rage oh i have the worst the worst and he sent me and, and they're not long but they're 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 funny enough he sent me uh, this one's titled Andy Annoyed at Fucking Asshole Truck. This is from my brother. So, this is a, this is a little tease for you, Joey. The fucking asshole. So, the truck's in the fast lane. He's not going, he's still going 15 over the speed limit. Jesus. Are oh, you listening to Frank Sinatra? <laughs> I've got you in my fucking lane. I've got you deep in front of me. 
And if you don't get the fuck out, I'm gonna <laughs> flip you off. Bum, Dude, I can't stand when you're going slow in the fast lane. And here's another thing. Get off your phones, people. The amount of people I see on their phones, I saw again today on the freeway. I want to pose this question. I was going to tweet this out. I'll just pose it right here. What is actually more dangerous? I mean, they're both dangerous. Somebody driving drunk or somebody driving on their phone. Who's more prone to kill somebody? Yeah. Like you're on your phone. You're going 65 miles an hour on the freeway. Then I have a clip. I don't know if this one is as funny. I forget what background music is this one. It's me at angry at a Wendy's drive through about how they set up the cones. Let's let's see. Please this just Sarah says, An- what's that? Please be like Sarah McLaughlin. This says Andy annoyed at Wendy's cones. Again, my brother Elliot had all these and I think he's going to be in this one too. Why were you so mad about the cones? Because fucking set up wrong. Just ready to get the fuck home. Like at that point, I've been traveling all days. And... Maybe they were saying it to enter on the other side. Like, do you want to go review? That's a sign that's. Thank you, you too. That's a sign that's already there. It's built there. I don't even know why they have cones set up regardless. Why are there cones there? There shouldn't be cones there. Why are there cones there? You can have like one. I'm speaking logically. Well, Bob go Dylan around. in the background. There shouldn't be cones there. Why are there cones there? Tell me why there cones there. Why were you changing their cones? Because I can't. Thank you. I went out and I physically changed their cones for the record. I was so. That's because you were. That's because you were listening to the the ultimate disruptor in Bob yeah. Dylan. You're like, government can't hold me down. <laughs> Give me a fucking guitar. There's a few more seconds of this. Yeah. Thank you, too, sir. Make sure we got the controls. Okay, we do. The cones, they are changing. We're going to check out the cones? Yeah, let's fucking assess the situation. What, what the fuck are the cones doing there? Turn left onto yeah. Pacer Drive, North Tell me where the cones are there. Turn left. Tell me where the cones are there. Let's assess it. That says enter. A lot of assessing. He's trying to create a, a line, one line, so it doesn't interfere. Curate my dick. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know what my favorite part about this is? I just love the idea of a stoned Wendy's employee out there listening to the same music you had on in his fucking headphones when he was out there just being like with his cones, like I'm all paint my masterpiece. He's like, this fucking cones go over here. This is go over here. This is a fucking impressionist painting of a cone. Fuck. Yeah. He's it, like, these people going to be doing loop de loops. It is funny. The stuff that triggers me. I don't like, I think weird things will trigger me. You think like, it's not like my buddy, when I was in St. Louis, he goes, dude, you're so calm. Like he's got a two-year-old, you know, how kids can be at two. They can be awful. He's like, you're so calm and relaxed with my kid. And you have such patience that I just don't have. And, and then his kid came out in the Kobe Bryant Jersey and you yelled at him. <laughs> <laughs> you brainwashed little fuck. 
but that's what I'm saying. Like I have such patience with kids, but then on things like this, where I'm like, what, what the fuck is going on with these cones? That's not correct. I, I lose my mind. So there you go, Joey from Minnesota. There's, and I'm not going crazy in those, but yeah, but we know, we know you could have. We, we, if you want to catch angry Andy, the best place for it is in the car. Oh yeah. Uh, you know what I'm gonna get because everybody keeps asking for. It. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring on an episode. People want to hear some of the clips from the from the Goldberg episode where I where he walked out of the smut studio. Oh yeah, <laughs> where I'm just screaming at him. Fine, fine, leave, leave, Maddie. You're like, like my brother Mikey. My brother Mikey is pretty chill all the time, but if you get him caught in traffic in New York City, it's like why he lives in the fucking woods now. He just starts raging. It's like it's it's racist. It's sexist. It's classist. He's going crazy every time. These fucking hipsters. I'm going to fucking murder every last one of them. That's funny. Okay. <laughs> speaking of an old Ruther clip, we have a request, Joe, and I'm going to I'm going to find this as well. I'll play the call and then and then, you know, what? I'll try to get this for next week. Hey, guys. So. I'm just listening to your episode right now about Kobe, and I agree with you 100%. But literally, right before you made this episode, I saw a tweet, which I was actually going to call about, ironically, saying Kobe fans convincing themselves that he's anywhere near LeBron might be the most delusional tweet, or not tweet, the most delusional thought in like sports history in general, which I think I have to agree with. So... My question for you guys is, what is the most delusional fan base, whether it's a player or a team fan base? Because obviously sports fans are very delusional, whether it's Kobe fans. You guys have talked about Steph fans, Michael Jordan fans. And um, when it comes to teams, obviously Cowboy fans or something else. New York Knicks fans are kind of nuts, I think. But, so I would have to say Kobe fans and Dallas Cowboys fans are the worst. And also, I started listening to this like probably a year two ago, maybe a year and a half. So I never got to hear your guys' debate about Kobe and how back whenever Prano uh, was arguing that LeBron was better against Andy. And I want to hear those because I just think it would be fucking hilarious to hear Andy Rooster talk about killer instinct and will to win. And I just want to hear Andy Rooster in his old days talk about how Kobe was actually better than LeBron James. So if you could either, I don't know, maybe play it on the show or try to find somewhere where I can listen to it, just let me know, please. I would need to hear it. So, yeah, condoms are for Kobe fans. They're the fucking worst. Later, guys. So what I'll do is I'll go through. I I I I almost like vividly remember it was in Sideshow Studio. I remember. What, what oh episode. yeah, and I and I vividly remember one from the old Smuts. Like it it happened for a while. It okay, for a while. And let's so, be honest, it's not like the the full conversion. Andy's full conversion is very recent. I mean, we're talking we're talking probably. I I could say as as recent as like in the last months of the smut studio like claiming listen i'm not even sure kobe bryant was the best player on the two championship teams with pow and you're being like okay now you're being ridiculous 
And I'm like, I don't know. But if you look at offensive and defensive ratings from those finals, all in all. Well, I know for and, sure. And by the way, that's our, that's, that's still arguable. That's yeah. Still no, totally I was going to say, I would, I would still argue that that's still arguable, but I'm just saying like, you were just like, that is absurd. And I'm just like, if you look at this, that, and you look at the, you know, you look at who's guarding who and who's going what through those whole playoffs, you know, Pau Gasol having to do Stoudemire and Dirk and KG and Duncan and whoever, and, and, you know, Kobe having to handle Boris Diaw and Deshaun Stevenson and, you know, Paul Pierce, I guess. Yeah. I'll find that. I'll, I'll, I'll have to, I know there was one in this, in uh, the sideshow network where we're, it, I, I think there, dude, I'm going to, I am going to cringe so hard. If there's one, if I say killer instinct there, you've definitely said killer. instinct. I'm certain of it. I guarantee I have. And you definitely said killer instinct in regards to Michael Jordan versus LeBron James before I converted you on that too. Well, here's my thing about the Jordan LeBron thing. I remember vividly. Do you remember we were on main street in Santa Monica? We were at the galley. Do you remember this? No. Okay. So it was me, you and our mutual friend, Brian. And we were arguing. Brian's a big LeBron guy. He is, but I think he was, this is pre golden state championship. Yeah. Yeah. That the, 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 uh, he might, he might've been in the, he might've been in the still butthurt about him leaving Cleveland face. So he was still, he was team Jordan and you, the three of us were arguing late. We were sitting in a booth at the, at the, uh, the restaurant and we were arguing late, but even then I like, here, here's my thing. I don't get mad now. If somebody's like, I take Jordan over LeBron, like, I'm still like, eh, whatever. Like that doesn't bother me. Like, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a fair debate. Now the it doesn't bother me either. I just think you're wrong, but it doesn't. Bo- and I can tell you why, but it doesn't bother me. But like the Kobe thing, obviously is when you bring him into it is pretty absurd. I, I, and I think to answer his question for me, I think that might be, you, you know, we've talked about mellow, but like on the grand scheme, nobody, nobody puts Kobe higher. Like as far as a t- I don't know anybody else who is always mentioned in a top 10 that should not be a top 10 mentioned. Well, here's, here's the thing is like, I guess the, the question is del- like the definition of delusional. Cause I'm still a Kobe Bryant's a top 15 NBA player. Now there is an absurd number of people who think Kobe Bryant's top five. There's a unreasonable number of people yeah. who think Kobe Bryant is better than LeBron James. They might be the most, that might be the most delusional opinion, but I think there are Kobe Bryant fans out there who are also reasonable about Kobe. You could be a fan of Kobe Bryant and be like, yeah, he's maybe top 10, he's top 12, whatever. And there's a reasonable thing. Year in and year out, 100% of the fan base, despite the fact that they haven't appeared in an NFC championship game since Emmett Smith retired. Yeah. Think the Cowboys are winning the Super Bowl. True. That might be the most delusional overall top to bottom fan base. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you could go out there right now and and have people be like, the Cowboys are for sure winning the NFC. The Cowboys are favorites. Like, dude, the Cowboys, Kobe Bryant's winning championships. Kobe Bryant's arguably a top 15 player of all time. So if you're going to be unreasonable and say he's top 10, okay, fine. Now, 
there's a subsection of that that is so crazy. Like the, the craziest Kobe Bryant fans are essentially Cowboys fans who are like the Cowboys won the Super Bowl last year. And you're like, what? No, they didn't. Yeah. Like how, like that's insane. You can't say something that happened. that didn't happen. Like you can't say it like the Cowboys didn't Kobe Bryant's not better than LeBron James. That's not an argument. That is not for anybody listening. To this, that is not an argument. And honestly, the best way to handle that when anybody says that is be like, I'm not arguing this with you. That's not an argument. That's like saying the Cowboys won the Super Bowl last year. It didn't happen. It's not real. Get a grip. You're you're literally insane. But top to bottom as a whole, the Cowboys fan base might be the most delusional fan base of anything in sports. Yeah. I I, I year in and year out. Sure. We're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Guys, just have a win a playoff game. Yeah. Start there. Sure. I mean, the Mets fan base has delusion at times. We played in the World Series in 2015. Yeah. The Cowboys haven't been in a fucking NFC championship game since the cell phone was invented. In 95. It's been a long since, since time. the first text message was sent. I know. It's crazy. You wanted to fucking argue with somebody about the Cowboys Super Bowls on the internet back in the day. You had to sit there. You're fucking AOL connecting, bro. You had to make sure your mom wasn't on the phone first. I know. It's crazy. It, it, it is crazy when you really think about it. I mean, the Bengals have been to a Super Bowl more recently. When's the last time? When did the Browns, have the Browns won a more recent playoff game? They won I mean, two years did, ago. Did the Cowboys win a playoff game last year? No, they lost to the 49ers. Right. Did they win the year before is the question. I don't remember. No, I yeah. think they lost to the fucking Rams. No, because the Rams beat the Seahawks and lost to the Packers. Two years ago. Yeah. So I was, don't know. That was three years ago. Dallas came to LA and lost. I think it might be many more, but uh, who knows? The point is that they're not they're not successful, and they do have a wildly delusional fan base. So give us a ring three one zero three five nine eight three six five. That's the hotline. I'll now, try- Andy, uh, you know, you're going to try to find some stuff. Yeah. Um, Justin Wood sent us a message, a message, Randy Ruther, but uh, he was joking about breaking news, but there actually is breaking news. Okay. Restricted from a Woj, a Woj mini bomb, a Woj hand grenade. Restricted free agent center DeAndre Ayton has agreed to a four-year, $133 million maximum offer sheet with the Indiana Pacers. The Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns have 48 hours to match the largest offer sheet in NBA history. Um, they obviously can come over the top of that because you can pay a guy more in max to stay with your team than to leave. But um, this is interesting for a number of reasons. One, um, there's always been this argument, is DeAndre Ayton a max player or is he not a max player? Should the Suns give him a max or not give him a max if somebody else does? And then this is also potentially, this does have domino effect potential because should the Phoenix Suns not match this offer, 
it is possible for them to then have the money to make KD an offer. And then, you know, to trade for KD with the idea of, you know, being able to cover what he's already getting paid in max money. And then that could be if KD leaves, does Kyrie go to like this has KD, Kyrie, Phoenix Suns, Pacers, max contract, tons of domino effect. You are in charge of the Phoenix Sun, Andy. Do you match the offer? Well, it all depends on the money, right? Like, would you basically that give, have to go max for a fifth year. Would that give them financial leeway to sign Kevin Durant? No. Well, they well, they can't sign Kevin Durant. They have to trade for Kevin Durant. And then they no, they would not have the money, in, unless obviously they moved somebody else who's. I like Aiden, but I don't know how he's worth that much money. It's tough. It's it's tough for me. Honestly, I think that the answer for the Suns should have been to not re-up Chris Paul for insane money and maybe to have extended DeAndre Ayton when they could have before um, without having to give him the max. Yeah. Um, but if I were them, I would not do it. Yeah, I agree. Well, it'll be interesting how things play out then. So follow us on Twitter. We'll tweet about it. Follow us on Instagram at the dirty sports. Follow me at Andy Ruther. Joe's on a lot of social media. He keeps he keeps saying we're gonna get a TikTok one of these days, aren't you? I've been talking about dirty sports TikTok, but until that happens. I'm on TikTok at Joe Prano. I'm on Instagram at Joe Prano. I am on all social media at Joe Prano, except for Twitter. Where I'm still at Fix Your Life. Follow me on all those things. Uh, Instagram's a good one for seeing story posts and uh, poster posts about my shows. If you want to see if I'm coming to your town, you can always go to JoePrano.com. There's a shows button. I'll be in Vegas at the end of August. I've got a bunch of shows lined up for uh la between now and then and i'm working on some other cities east west and in between um so stay tuned for more of those or just again follow my instagram at this point if you're if you've made it to this part in the show and you're not following my instagram like what what, why why are you doing this to me (laughs) hey man it's the dirt balls that's what they do All right, guys, you have a great weekend, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We always appreciate the support. And we'll be back on Monday. And don't forget, stay dirty.